This is the Abrazo's Lounge Podcast, your source for everything iRacing, including race reviews, driver interviews, opinions, discussions, and much more. Here's your host, Mike Ellis. Welcome to the iRacer's Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacer is a lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewy Side 55, Carlos Fonseca, Dave Smith, and special guest, PJ Sturgios. Hey, guys. Hey, Mike. Well, thanks yeah. for coming. And uh, PJ, let's start off with you. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast. We, let's learn a little bit about your iRacing uh, career. When did you get started on iRacing, and how did you hear about it? Well, uh, I was... a uh long-time user of the NASCAR 2003 racing season and the whole Papyrus uh, game line all the way back to NASCAR racing. So uh, in the forums and the sim racing world over there, of course, uh, iRacing was quite the stir back in you know 2006, 2007. And uh, finally, once it went public, I got, uh, just before I was able to get one of the beta spots and uh in august or july of 2008 and pretty much haven't looked back since then uh so i've been a member for eight years now nice and so uh these days how often are you racing is it daily weekly uh during the dwc season it's kind of tough because you're it takes so much time to develop those setups for the a car that uh, you pretty much race just that that and NIS or A class so probably only race these days two three times a week. But um, you're doing practice though, right? Yeah, practice uh, for the World Championship level series usually at least five days a week. So uh, still quite on it quite a bit, but more of it is practice and less of it has been racing lately. Right. All right. And um, what series do you normally run? Now let's let's spell this out. Obviously, you're you're in the peak antifreeze series, which is mainly oval. But we've seen your name over at the World Championship in the F1 car too. Yep, I've done did the uh, started off my World Championship career over in the roadside. Did two years of the iRacing World Championship Grand Prix series in 2012 and 2013. And uh, that was, that, I have to say, that is probably the most difficult racing there is in the entire sim, hands down. So after struggling with that for a couple of years, I found my way over to the Peak Antifreeze series. And uh, I've been running that. This is my third season now. And uh, it's actually also my f- first season in the Blank Pain GT World Championship Series. So this year we're doing the double between... Uh, the NASCAR and the uh, Blank Pain series. So that between the two, that keeps me very busy. Now, I didn't know you were doing the Blank Pain. Uh, who are your teammates there? Because that is a team uh, event, right? Yep, there. Uh, my teammate is my brother Jake, who also he does all three World Championship series. I think right. he's the only one, of course, who does that. And uh, William Levesque and Phil Diaz, who Phil is actually my spotter on the oval side. And on the roadside, too, but on the roadside, he actually gets to race every now and then. And, of course, William is the guy. He's our fastest driver on the team, so he's the one that you see at the end of the race pushing all out, running, trying to... He was third last time in the uh, last race at Brand, so you, he's he's done a re, had a really good season so far. We all have, so we're second points over there right now, too. So has a chance to bring home some money this year if everything goes to plan. Yeah, you know, it is it, obviously we're impressed. You know, you're running, you and your these guys are running in all these top series, and it's literally the top uh, top of the crop um, across the board. We've we actually run in some of those series. You know, I think last year we actually tried to run for the blank pain qualifier, but I don't know what where did we finish, Carlos? Like two hundredth or something? Oh, I don't know. You guys ran one race and quit. Me and Jose ran that one at the end, but yeah, not. Not yeah, so anyway, we're not at that level, but it's interesting to hear about that. So, uh, cool. Let's talk about your hardware. What kind of wheel and pedals do you have, and how many monitors? 
Well, I have a G27 with a couple small modifications. Um, put kind of customized my pedals a little bit. We have the Bodnar cable, of course, so we have the Bodnar software to go along with it to adjust kind of your travel on the pedals and your stops, which is really a nice piece of software to have. And I also put some stiffer brake pedal and gas pedal springs in it to uh, get them a little bit stiffer and more to my liking. But besides that, yeah, I have a uh, triple screen setup, uh, three Asus 144 hertz monitors. Um, yeah, yeah, triple screen setup. They're each 24 inch monitors. So just upgraded to that last year. That was one of the best upgrades I've made going from a single to a triple. And uh, I have a Derek Spear Designs button box that I use for all my buttons and switches. Nice. So, um, have you thought about going to hydraulic pedals or some kind of pedal upgrade? I mean, it sounds like you've tricked out your G27 pedals pretty good. Yeah, I also have a set of ECCI uh, pedals. They're not the hydraulic ones. They're the ones that it's basically a G27 internals on a custom ECCI frame, which I have to say are really nice, but my it, I struggle with them with the GT3 cars and the anti-lock braking. I find it's a lot easier to kind of work the ABS on the GT3 cars with the, just the G27 pedals, and because of that, I don't see myself upgrading uh, just be, simply because of the GT3 ones. I've gotten the chance to use a couple of load cell pedals, and I really have to say I like them for cars like the any of the NASCAR stuff, late models, super late models, and uh, especially the V8 supercars on the roadside. But some of those cars with ABS are very tricky to drive with a hydraulic pedal, at least to me. Maybe, maybe I just need to adjust my settings or something, but uh, yeah, I'm quite happy with the setup I have right now. That sounds great. All right, uh, third-party software, like uh, obviously TeamSpeak, but uh, anything else like dashboards and whatnot? Um, no, not really. I mean, I'd like to get one of these dashboard programs, but uh, everything I need is usually on the in-game interface. Uh, might be something I might try out this winter during the off-season. Uh, but for third, other third-party programs, I guess, like I said, the uh, Bodnar software, I also use MoTeC and Mew pretty extensively, although they aren't things you necessarily use while you're inside the game driving, but they are great help tools outside of the game. Uh, so that, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I kind of try to keep it simple. and I find that if I try to have all these cool gadgets and stuff to play with while I'm driving, that just leads to getting distracted and find easy ways to uh, outsmart yourself. <laughs> Okay, and uh, this is the part of the show I usually go over, like, your stats, but uh, iRacing actually has disabled, temporarily disabled the stats. Please try again later. But uh, do you see your uh, iRating, 87.95 on the uh, oval side. Holy cow. And uh, on the road, I, it doesn't say, does it? 7,000. 7,000. So, very good. I mean, that, are you, that's a number certainly to be proud of. Uh, we don't have any other numbers to share with uh, the podcast. Uh, normally, we talk about winning percentage in uh, career and stuff like that, but I'm sure it's pretty high. Yeah, I think it's around uh, 25% to 30% nice. range kind of fluctuates between there. But that's what I was thinking it would be, yeah. Yeah, about the same oval and road. Not as cool as Gregor's 50-plus, but, I mean, right. that's Gregor, and there's only one one of him. So, But I do have to say I did get him with the overall I rating combined between oval and road. So it helps that he hasn't raced an oval race in about seven years, but, you know, you take what you can get. Yeah, we try to follow both uh, those series, and... Um... It's. I think it's certainly impressive what you and your brother have done in kind of crossing over because not a lot of guys do that. You know, we don't see Hutu coming over and rate racing ovals. You know. Yeah, it used to happen a lot more. Rich Towler, of course, was one of the main ones. 2010 to do, win the oval championship and then finish second in road. So that was impressive one of all time. But yeah, I've had a few guys come back and forth, but these days it seems, especially in the early days. 
Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, like Ray used to do both, and uh, Davies, Prather, but those guys kind of all seem to focus on one or the other these days. So it's cool. Jake and I, it's kind of cool to have be the ones that do both. And do well. That's that's the other part of it. So you know, we're seeing you guys in the you know in the top five or better. And so, uh, tell us about your team. I mean, you talked about some of your team members. What is the name of your team, and how do they support you in these uh, various series? Well, racing. Uh, it's a group of guys live for speed days. Um, then they kind of came over to iRacing racing and formed a team back in 2010. Uh, Jake and I were some of the first iRacers to join it, so uh, we've been together ever since. It's kind of a really really international team. We have guys from uh, all over the world, Finland, the UK, Sweden, lots of US and Canadian drivers, and uh, kind of it's cool to have an international perspective on as it can uh, race Formula One cars at the top level and sports cars and Miatas and everything across the board. It's kind of cool to be part of the most versatile and uh, one of the most successful teams in iRacing right now. Well, absolutely. And, uh, you know, talking about that, um, you're second in points and uh, in the oval there. And we've been watching closely and, that Watkins Glen uh, race, I wanted you to talk a little bit about that. Uh, and there was a lot of discussion after that week uh, on social media and whatnot about uh, that last lap, last corner pass uh, on Conti. And um, so t- just give us your perspective and your story on that. Uh, you know, a lot of people had a lot to say about that. But, I, you know, it was a racing deal as far as I was concerned. And... It's for the win, so if you know, I think it was a good move. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, I grew up watching short track racing at my local quarter mile and three eighths mile tracks, and you know that was part of the race, the way it was at those tracks. And your super late models and modifieds and such is if the leader can get to you in the last turn of the last lap, a little bumper is the way, just the way it was. So uh, I ran up down Conti from. Well, good 30 seconds those last 15 laps on the new tires. So, uh, didn't hated to just lay over there and just say, Oh, well, you know, I'll take second here. I didn't quite get to him, but so I decided to give him a little bump. Uh, fortunately, it hit him a little harder than I would have liked because I didn't really judge the speed differential right on my fresher tires. So, uh, he was braking a little bit earlier than I had anticipated, but uh, that's kind of my fault for hitting him a little too hard. but uh, all in all, I just kind of moved him up the track. It didn't take him out and completely crash him, which I I didn't want to do. So he was able to still at least hold on for for third. And then, of course, I think the part people don't realize about it is right behind me, I had Nick Ottinger, who was probably going to give the bumper to me if I didn't do that. So yeah, uh, I don't know. It's easy for everybody to sit there and judge. Oh, I would have done this. I would have done that. But you don't you don't re- know what it's like until you put yourself into the position of going racing for the win in the last turn of the last lap of a peak antifreeze series race. It's, you don't, it's, you don't, it's hard to really think, think of how it's all going to go down all in the heat of the moment there with the red mist in your eyes. So overall, I probably would have done the same thing. And, uh, I know someday Mike is going to give it right back to me in the race and I wouldn't be mad at him if he did. So, that's just the way we uh, race at that level, and yeah, and the, the championship too is, is part of the equation because you guys were so tight in points, and that allowed you to take the point lead too. Were you thinking about that part of it too? Uh yeah, for sure. I mean, so the point race has been tight all season long, um, and heck, even if we do somehow tie at the end, the number of wins is what's going to decide that. So, uh, the more races you win, the better off you'll be in the end. Well, you know, my take is, and if anybody saw the truck race over the weekend, that's the wrong way to do it. Uh, the way John Hunter Nemechek won the truck race, uh, the way that you won that Watkins Glen race is the right way to do it. So, you, yeah, there's a way to move somebody out of the way on the last corner of the last lap and win a NASCAR race. And that's, the, that's acceptable completely 
And uh, and the way John Hunter did it was kind of unacceptable, I would say. But of course, you still give him the win. But uh, you know, it, it wasn't very sportsmanlike. You know, didn't the same thing happen between Kurt Busch and Ricky Craven? Same exact thing. Yeah, well, you saw Sonoma with Tony Stewart and uh, Denny Hamlin. Yeah, nobody was making noise audience. when Stewart, you know, dumped Denny. Right, and he didn't completely flat out turn Denny into the wall multiple times like uh, Hunter Nemechek did yesterday yep. to the uh, double O car there. So I, I think hitting him once, okay, you just keep laying on him and trying to intentionally crash him. That's kind of where it goes too far, in my right. opinion. I didn't understand why he had to hit him like all the other times. One bump, and he still probably would have had the momentum and got away with it without running him into the fence. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. Nemechek is is young, and he he just over drilled it. You know, he just overshot it. I think, and they once they're off the track, they're you know, what are you gonna do? Hold it to but, the floor, <laughs> <laughs> NASCAR style, huh? Okay, so Ray Alfala, your uh, competitor in the Oval Series, he was on our show right after that Watkins Glen race, and. As usual, whoever comes on our show usually wins right afterwards. So maybe that'll keep going, that streak we have. Because that's exactly what happened, is Ray went on and won the next race after coming on iRacer's Lounge. So uh, I said, look, you know, this this is a tight battle. Kyle, you got to get us PJ, and we got to give him equal luck here. So that's why you're here, PJ. <laughs> that's good to know. Yeah, I heard a few tidbits of the interview with Ray. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, Darlington, using the extra little good luck boost would definitely help in there. It's a track that's kind of been the Achilles heel of my entire iRacing NASCAR career, if you want to call it that. Uh, back in the old days, I've had many, many crashes at Darlington. But last year, I finally broke the streak of bad luck and snagged a top five last year in the Pecan Free Series race. Of course, Ray was second in that one, but if I could even get a uh, top five out of this Darlington race, I'd be I'd be really happy with that. And then going to the last couple tracks, New Hampshire, of course, is my home track. I think I never finished outside the top ten in Pecan Free Series, so uh, I'm really looking forward to that one, one of my favorites. And then Homestead, uh, Ran really well there last year, too. So did Ray. But uh, Homesteads are going to be a fun track with the multi-groove racing and moving around the racetrack to pick your way get by people. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, looking forward to those last two. But I uh, could use all the luck I can get here going into Darlington next week. Well, we'll be watching for sure, and good luck to you. Tell us real quick, what happened to you last week? I think you've definitely lost the points lead by quite a bit, too, last week, uh, because he did win, but I forgot where you finished. You were down a tenth or tenth or so? Yeah, last week was a bit of a struggle. I uh, finished 14th. Uh, Michigan, of course, has been another Achilles heel of mine and I racing. Not so much that I crashed there, but it's just tough to find speed at that track. And I think we found something. It was a lot more oriented towards the long run, but it wouldn't really come in until about 20 laps into the run. And then we were about fastest cars in the track uh, was Jake and I with the setup we were running. Um, Ray was, one, was driving something a little bit different than us. Uh, so his was more oriented towards a short run. And in that race... Uh, we had pit strategy really bit us. I stayed out on old tires once when I shouldn't have pit and took four when I should have took two at the end with that pit stop with 25 to go. Uh, that really cost me about eight spots of track position and never had a green rung longer than two laps to be able to make it back up, which is really tough because you, you, you pit for four tires thinking, hey, you know, get good 10-lap run here to pick my way through a few cars once their tires start to fall off, and it just never played out that way. So it's easy to look back and say, hey, pit strategy should have been this or that, but um, yeah, it doesn't always go your way in these races, unfortunately, and uh, definitely kind of put ourselves in a little bit of a hole because of it. Yep. Um, I'm looking at the points. So you're 15 back from Ray. Uh, that's a lot of, that's uh, 15 is a long ways, but uh, if Ray's pulling up top, th you know, top threes every race, it's going to be tough. You're going to have to be right there with him, huh? 
Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, he hasn't had a single swarm of bad luck yet this season, so that I think he's due for a little bit uh, something there. He, uh, I, everyone else has had their fair share of bad luck this season. Like a disconnect or something, right? Yeah, you never know. Even just like I had uh, cautions that come out at the wrong time. It's just never happened that way for him yet this year, and it's pretty amazing to see that. <laughs> You never see that in racing for somebody to have that kind of luck throughout the entire season. But I think I think he's due for some. But, you know, we'll, we'll control what we can control and uh, try not to worry about him as much until we get to Homestead because there there's a lot that can happen in three races, especially at Darlington and uh, New Hampshire. Those tracks are wild and rough and tumble, so anything can happen these next couple of weeks. Yep. As Alrighty. Kevin Harvick would put it, he's just got that horseshoe up his butt. <laughs> yeah, golden yeah. horseshoe. And knock that out. <laughs> All right, Kyle, are you there? Well, Kyle joined. I don't know if he's uh, with us. Looks like the... he's muted. Okay. All right, let's move on. Let's talk. Uh, let's go through our topic list. Oh, there he is. Hey, Kyle, are you there? I am. All right, let's, well, welcome, you're up next. BJ. Sorry I was late tonight. Welcome, BJ. Nice to have you here. Thanks, Kyle. I guess next, uh, there wasn't a peak Antifreeze Series race, so we're bringing up the 2016 iRacing World Championship GP. Um, they ran. Martin Kroenke pulled off another win. By, what's that, two weeks in a row now? And uh, looks like Hutu finished out fifth. Suzuka? Yep. Yeah. And our boy Mitchell DeJong finished second. Yeah. What do you think of Mitchell, PJ? We've been kind of following him, and uh, he's a talent, huh? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I know Coanda, of course, is NX Racing's arch rival team, but I have a lot of respect for what Martin and Mitchell have done this season. Martin, of course, the last couple of weeks has been on absolute fire. Right. SNX guys have been searching for something in the setup, but we're missing something big on it. And, uh, of course, the F1 car is very tricky to set up, trying to tune your ERS and your downforce just right. And, of course, Suzuka is one of the trickiest tracks just because there's every variety of corner you can throw in there. And uh, But, yeah, Mitchell, I mean, the way you see how well he does it, the real technical track, Suzuka, and uh, especially the next one over at Coda, is going to be... It was one of his best last year. He got the pole there by almost half a second, which is unheard of at this level of sim racing. So Mitchell is uh, really fun to watch. Um, of course, he's being a global rally cross racer in the real world. Uh, so you have some serious real world talent too. Like to uh, see him be successful. It's always cool to see the i racers go on and uh, compete at the top level in real life too. Yeah, I think that's why we were following him, because he is a real racer, too. Uh, let's see, some other notables. Your brother, Jake, 19th, and uh, Hutu finished 5th. Yep, and also a shout-out to uh, my buddy, Yanni Tormala, who wound up in on the podium. Third. Uh, to uh, put himself up into the... He's real close to the top three in points here in his last few races, and that, of course, is a nice bump up and payout one, if you can get up to the top three spots in points, so... I'm sure he's going to keep pushing hard. He's been having an amazing season this year between the Blank Pain Series, which, of course, his team is leading right now, and we're second to them, and uh, where he is with the uh, Grand Prix Series. It's cool to see Yanni have a breakout season like that. Absolutely. All right, uh, let's jump to the next topic. Uh, NIS, NASCAR iRacing Series. That's something that we both run every week, and it's Darlington. I'll go first on Wednesday, uh, running top 10 most of the night. Got loose all by myself in two. I had it saved, but the guy behind me didn't even bother to check up and just ran right through me, you know. No apologies over the radio, nothing, you know. Blown engine, P17. Thursday was also a rough night. Had 18 incidents out of 22 near the end. Was running seventh, which was a great run for me. And was side-by-side -side with the guy coming to the checker. Uh, much like Carlos, what you mentioned with uh, Kyle or Kurt Busch and Ricky Craven, we were like <laughs> dooring each other coming to the line, and he hit me, and I went up into the wall after the line, 
but it DQ'd me and put me a lap down. And it finished 11th instead of 7th. So, yeah, pretty tough week. Uh, Saturday and Sunday were much the same. I, you know, I got some finishes, but nothing really to speak of. Uh, Carlos, how was your race? Like they all are. Terrible. <laughs> Uh, you didn't you didn't run too much, right? I only ran one race, but I finished seventh or sixth or something like that. But I couldn't race nobody because, well, I hit the wall like so many times. I had two incidents left and one touch with another car and I'm out. So just by surviving, I finished seventh. That's the thing. If you in an NIS race, if you get to the end, you're usually top ten. So uh, there's a lot of attrition. It seemed like. Just in that race all season, I've been trying the whole surviving approach and finished outside the top 10 every single time. Well, yeah. You had the race hard from lap one in the series for some reason. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Uh, I found myself on Friday night. Um, uh, my goal was just to make it to that halfway point and then decide what to do. So this time, we did make it that, to the halfway point and uh, had a... 20 lap shootout to the end and got caught up in a wreck with uh, another car racing really hard got together off at four and wound up in the fence and ended my race but it seems like at Darlington if you can make it to the finish with an undamaged car you have a really good shot at the top 10 this week it's been wild I, I I don't know. I keep getting run over. I don't. I know I'm slow, but and I just tell people go around. But when it's a one groove track like it is here, people don't know how to go around. They just push you out of the way. It's crazy. All right, Kyle, what'd you do? Well, I wrecked in like every one of them. Um, I was running good Friday night, I believe it is for the open, and uh, I was running in the top ten. I had a lap car wipeout going into turn one ahead of me and I thought he was fine because you know he was down on the apron there but then out of nowhere he came right across my left monitor out of the center monitor and nailed me and popped my motor so that was pretty much the end of it I think the best finish I had was last night I ended up finishing I think 14th in the fixed series right I have no uh that I can recall up until this week, I had no experience on Darlington, so it was my first experience with it, and I'd rather go back to Bristol. Well, like PJ said, it's one of the toughest tracks there is, and uh, it takes a while to get a handle on it. Well, let's see. When the I ran that race Thursday afternoon, I think, and that was the only race I've ever finished at this track. The past three years, I wrecked, so I'll take it. Nice. All right, Dave Smith, what'd you do? Well, personally, I love going to Darlington. I, I enjoy the uh, the challenge of going there. Uh, Wednesday, I uh, I missed a good opportunity to have a good run. I uh, there early in the race, I, I got into somebody else's mess, and I hated it because I I had a really good car. And thanks to Carlos for the uh, the setups this week, they were awesome. But uh, that Wednesday night race in the open, we had, you know, it was nice, cool temperature, uh, track temp. It was real fast. Setup was great. I just, I got into somebody else's mess, and that ruined my night for Wednesday. And then uh, Thursday for the open race, I uh, I had you some stutters. Open, you? I think so. I think I was in that race with you, yeah. I uh, I had some stutters that I was dealing with on my computer and I ended up uh, coming out of turn two it was and I had a had a stutter and I ended up going up into the wall and tearing my car up and just didn't have a good race and then Friday I was able to finally put something together and uh, I finished third and so I got my my good run for the week on Friday night and uh, as it sits right now in uh, division three points I am uh, points leader by 205 going into Richmond. All right. So points leader uh, in your division. So go get it, man. Oh, I'm going to get it. I, <laughs> I, I, I've come this far. I, I ain't giving up now. 
Well, I mean, every, on our team, you know, Brad Wren was running third, and then he had to quit because he lost internet because he moved to somewhere they don't have internet. And now Kyle has fallen, fallen from second to seventh because he's had some bad weeks. So you're it, Dave. You're the only one up there. Well, I don't have any intentions of uh, of losing that that top spot. I uh, I took it over at Indianapolis and. I'm not looking back. I've already started working on the uh, the setup for Richmond. I, I ran probably five hours of private practice yesterday working working on the setup. It's all, all eyes forward. I, I don't even care if I win. Yeah, I'd like to get another win or two before the season's out. But from here on out, you know, I'm just I'm points racing. Points racing. Top yeah. five, top five, top five. That's all I'm shooting for. Whatever else I get, I'll take. Well, we're here to support you, so let me let us know what we can do. We'll be helping you with those setups, too. Uh, okay, let's move on. Week 13 is this week. Uh, we're recording Monday night. The build is tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, September 6th. Uh, they're they're going to have a great lineup uh, for week 13. They're having a tribute to Brian Clawson. Uh, one of the races is named after him, uh, Brian Clawson tribute. Um and that's the uh, uh, you'll also be able to uh, drive the legendary circuit de la Sarth, also known as Le Mans. So that will be released as well. Um, they're going to have the 30 lappers at Charlotte Legends track, Lanier, Oxford Plains and South Boston and Thompson and the NASCAR series uh, setting up shop in Virginia during week 13. And then, uh, obviously, the NASCAR iRacing Series is at Richmond. So that's what's going on this week. And uh, tomorrow, don't forget about the testdrive.iracing.com is the website, I believe, where you can sign in and run any content, even if you don't own it, while the build is being put out. I think the other uh, notable mention is after Lamaz is out, one of the other things that Week 13 is off also offering is the 24 minutes of Le Mans. Oh, nice. Yep, so after uh, after that build is complete, you'll uh, have a 24-minute uh, race at the uh, at Le Mans. I'm actually looking forward to that. I'm going to going to get into that. They're going to run it like hourly or probably? I it didn't say. Yeah. Um but if it's only but, 24 minutes, yeah, you could probably do hourly. No, yeah, I would guess hourly. I'll give it a go. Yeah. Yeah, I plan on running that a little bit. If you're going to buy the track, yeah. Yeah, I've been looking forward to that track for for a while now. So I'll be definitely on that. That's where you'll find me. All right, well, speaking of that, let's jump right into uh, iRacing released a video this week of Lamar, kind of teasing it. Uh, It did say work in progress. And then, Carlos, you said they put out another teaser video earlier today, too. Uh, that was on Inside Sim Racing. Okay. They have some sort of affiliation with that racing, but yeah, they had a somewhat of an interesting, just talking about the, like a first look at it, about the track and the whole new build. Right. Actually looked quite nice. They had the okay. flag deal too. You could see the flags moving. Oh yeah, you're going to have the moving flags, so. Yeah. All right, let's jump to the next topic. Uh, I found a tidbit in the forum from uh, Tony Gardner who says, we are likely to have three different versions of the Dirt Late model. However, all three will be for the price of one car. Really just mainly three different engines with slash horsepower. Additionally, we will probably only pick one one for the official series at least to start. And he also said, I was actually just watching Steve and Dave Kramer driving the dirt late, dirt late model at Eldoro on a local build. So they actually have dirt running in the office at iRacing. That's really cool. I think uh, I'm going to be one of the guys that's really pumped up about that. Uh, mostly, most of my background, of course, is asphalt short track racing, but really always love watching the dirt stuff. It's going to be experience for a lot of us asphalt guys to get out there and sling those cars around and 
it's gonna be a it's gonna be a heck of a learning curve. But I think uh, a lot of us probably just hope that we don't get disqualified for incident limit in our first few races. So I was just thinking visually how it might look on my triples. Am I going to be looking at the left monitor as we go around the corner and the thing is sideways? Or actually, I mean the right one? Yeah, I imagine we're going to have to be looking out that uh, right side of the windshield uh, or right. Right, right screen as we're going sideways through the corners, just so we see those real-life uh, sprint car and dirt late model guys doing. I don't care if I'm looking backwards. I'm going to have a blast doing it. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, he also said the car is in art and production. My guess is rally racing comes out the season after the dirt oval racing. So it sounds like they're starting with dirt oval, and then later they'll bring in rally racing. See, I'm not really looking forward to that rally, rally cross, whatever it is they're doing there. It's, I'm not really looking point to point. forward to that. I'm, a, I'm an oval guy, so dirt oval is where you'll find me. Right. Okay, so moving on, uh, we did say the build will be tomorrow. Uh, they did announce that. Um, they did do release notes. So, uh, Kyle, do you want to just trade off uh, with me on the on the release notes here? I'll read the first part. The first part is kind of an overview here, and I'm just going to read it out loud because it does list basically all the big things that are in the, the season for release. So uh, here it goes. The season adds a long-awaited uh, Lama to the iRacing service. Some extensive updates to dynamic track system have also been added that should increase the realism of heat mapping and make rubber have a bit more of an impact on your race. Brake bias adjustment is now also available in fixed setup series to a small host of vehicles. Uh, guess what? That's NASCAR, boys. We got brake bias. Uh, your experience at night tracks has also been improved with the dynamic night shadow maps system and every vehicle windshield should now appear more realistic with real-time reflections now speaking of that the inside sim racing video I talked about they, they show that so go check that out all right uh, a new character model has taken the driver's seat and is also positioned in the pits and you should start to see wind animated flags appearing at race courses. We are also launching preliminary support for open VR, HTC Vive headsets, and anti-aliasing in our virtual reality views. All of these along with a host of setup updates, bug fixes, and other enhancements are here for season four. So I'll pick up the first individual one here, and then Kyle, you can jump in after that. Uh, Q-Bar on the frame rate connection status meter now has two side-by-side -side meters. The original value is on the left-hand bar, and it shows the amount of packet loss from the race server to the sim. The right-hand bar, which grows from right to left, shows the amount of packet loss from the sim to the race server. So now your Q-Bar has two values and you'll see one of your data going and one of your data coming that's going to be different yeah we'll have to get used to that and it should be interesting to see which one is uh, red <laughs> right yeah well they also did uh, when you use the share a car setup capability in the garage screen inside the sim the name of the setup is now also sent and will be displayed to the recipients. I like this. Uh, Saves me time. Because <laughs> when somebody shares a set and you don't name it how it was originally named, you know, it's named something different, right? Yeah, which well, makes yeah. it harder for uh, the people you shared it with to reference back to because right. they don't get it named the same thing that you had it named. So it makes it confusing. So this takes the confusion out of it and so when you're working with somebody it's easier to reference that setup back and forth yeah it's a nice change it should have always been that way i agree all right next was increase the effective starting usage level which controls the amount of rubber on the track for sessions that have a short practice and an attached qualifying prior to a race so they're basically starting everything with more rubber is what it sounds like 
And that would be every session, really, because that's how they're set up now. Yep. Next, they got improved. They improved the calculations used to conduct heat from the tire into the track and updated the conduction and convection model for the track service. This results in lower starting track temperatures, but a significantly significantly more dynamic range when cars interact with the track. So, big changes for dynamic track. So, is this going to even out our uh, drastic swings, or do you think we're still going to have those drastic swings? I think it's going to make it so that you have to change the car a lot more as the race goes on. It's going to start off really tight, and then towards the end of the race, when uh, track's heated up and all the rubber's put down, it's going to be pretty slick, and you're going to have to tighten your car up in the pits to adjust for it. But I guess we'll, we'll, we'll find out that first week in NIS or Peak Antifreeze Series when we get 43 cars out there. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a heck of an experience. Like I yeah, was thinking, you guys the, are going to be changing it all the time because you got you know forty three cars on the track. It's more than an NIS race. I was thinking the groove would heat up in a way where you would have to like seek an alternate groove because it was too slick there. You know, like you're searching for grip. You know, kind of thing. That'd be cool too. We'll see. I mean, it just sounds like they're making tweaks to dynamic track, trying to make it more realistic, to make it better, to make it how it should be. Okay, Kyle. Oh, hold on, I lost myself here. Well, I'll pick it up then. Uh, the tearing of the rubber from the tires versus from the track has been adjusted so that when a tire is not sliding, it is more inclined to pick up track rubber. Also, the calculations for determining the thickness of the track rubber under the contact patch and the rate at which the track will accept rubber have each been improved. So they're making changes to that, too. How the rubber comes off the tire. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of complaints about how you can't really tell that there's rubber or anything, so maybe that's what it is, is they're actually trying to make it come out a little more, I guess. Alright, and, and then... Go the ahead. Dy the dynamic track system now assumes there is some residual starting dust on the track even before any simulated running of cars or cleaning for a session is performed. The amount of starting dust is related to how how much dirt and gravel is around that track, such that a track like Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca is more prone to being dusty than a track like Talladega Super Speedway. Well, that makes sense. First lap out at Laguna, it might be dusty or something. You kicking up dust. Yep. Yes, exactly, because it's got uh, all of that dirt surrounding the uh, the circuit, and so you know when when the track is just sitting with no usage, and you get the wind that's blowing, it's simulating that it's kicking up that dust up onto the track, and so like Talladega, it's paved all the way around down at the bottom. There's no dirt, so Talladega is not going to have little to any. All right. Next was dust will now be picked up and thrown due to air displacement near moving vehicles. So like if there's a dust cloud and you drive through it, the dust cloud doesn't just sit there. It actually moves because you drove through it. Yeah, so the, the dust is becoming dynamic now. Perfect. Oh, boy. <laughs> A uh, new driver character model has been fully implemented into all vehicles. The new driver has been shifted into a more accurate position in some vehicles than the previous driver. Due to the new driver model, the driver camera position in some cars can be adjusted slightly for a better perspective. All vehicle seat belts now change color to match driver selections. So this will be interesting to see and the part about moving your driver position, I wonder if that's going to be needed, you know, after the build. Well, quite possibly. And make sure you practice before you get into an official race. Well, I already set mine so that my head's kind of tipped down just a little bit from their stock, so 
All right, uh, next, the pit box characters behind the wall and the lollipop guy are now using a new character model. Yeah, hopefully this is in a step for uh, pit crews. Animated crews, we, we know they're yes. coming. All right, Kyle. Oh, and then I guess the last subject on there, DirectX 9. <clears throat> Our support for using DirectX 9 as the graphic system used by the simulation is winding down. Uh, we talked about this last week. Uh, if you're currently using DX9, your selection will be changed to DX11 one time upon installing this build. If you run into issues using DX11, you should work with the support team. And you can get a hold of them at support at iRacing.com to resolve it. As we will not be implementing new graphical features on DX9 and will eventually remove the ability to use it altogether. Quite possibly as soon as the December build. For now you can switch back to the DX9 version of the sim if needed by opening the tool panel and on the central navigation bar on the website. And dis disabling the use of DX11. Again, you should work with support to resolve any issues you encounter with DX11, as the option to fall back to DX9 will not remain forever. Yeah, and finally, they, they say a hard, well, it's not hard, but they did mention the December build. Quite possibly, they will stop using DX9. So all of you guys on the old hardware, you need to get switched over. This is the time to do it. So you have three months to sort it out before it goes away. So don't just be lazy and switch it back to DX9 after the build. Try to make DX11 work. Because if you don't, come December, you're not going to be iRacing. Yeah, that's the only way iRacing can really move forward uh, graphically is to, to get off of that old DX9. Um, so you're going to have to put forth a a little bit of effort to, to getting your system to to running uh, DX11. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it might just be tweaking the graphical settings and stuff, but they'll work with you. Contact them. Or contact any other iRacers. Uh, you know, the community is very helpful. Uh, I'm always helping people on Facebook all the time with uh, hardware and stuff. All right, the next uh, item they announced uh, that I'm going to bring up is a surprise. So it's, and he says, a previously unannounced special edition will be brought to iRacing during the first week of the Season 4 build. Be sure to visit iRacing.com at 1 p.m. Eastern for a special presentation on Tuesday, September 13th, 2016. So they're having like a press conference or they're going to announce it on social media or on the website. Uh, so what do you guys think they're announcing is the big uh, topic here? I bet it's an LMP1. I'm not holding my hand over my butt that it's yeah. going to be anything too exciting. I'm saying yeah. it's the day-night transitions. I hate to get too excited about any of this stuff. I'll say uh, new car. A car for Lamar, maybe. Maybe, if we're lucky. Maybe it's just, I, I, it may just be a touring car. I was telling Carlos, might be like a licensing deal, like with Ferrari, like some something that's unexpected. Remember he said a previously unannounced, so it's not something that's been on the radar at all. So I was thinking of maybe it's a licensing deal with with some manufacturer, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I I used to get excited over new builds, but then when iRacing stops working for the next two weeks after it rolls out, I, I don't get really too excited for them anymore. All right, so stay tuned for a special surprise. There's a huge forum post about uh, the surprise and, and what you people might think it is, and uh, somebody actually put there's 17 pages long. Somebody made a poll. It was 980 votes, and the uh, winner was 36% said a new car or a track license, uh, and then second in points, 25% uh, was day night transition. Third was other. Yeah, looking back at the day night transition, that might not be so far fetched because if you look at that Le Mans video on Inside Sim Racing, you can see like. I don't know. The time of day looks different than what we have now. It looks like a 
like a transition between night to morning, but not really. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. It has like a pinkish look to the sky. Oh, Carlos has but, a clue. But they already have those options available yeah, to where you can go from a morning to an afternoon or a uh, an evening yeah. uh, setting. The so it the... could be one of those options that we already have available to yeah. us that they're using. Yeah, it could be another like like an ex- extra one they add in. I right. said it looked weird compared to what we got now. That's just me, though. All right, so we didn't go over everything in the bill, but we went over a lot. So uh, moving on, Road to Pro, we talk about uh, a lot because I like to promote it. Uh, it's coming up. They released a schedule. Uh, they also this week released a couple videos, uh, uh, or a video, uh, kind of promoting uh, this year's NASCAR Pro Series. Uh, begins November 7th. And what do you think, PJ? Is this going to be a competitive series, or uh, are you going to be watching? Oh, yeah. I'll be watching. We have uh, a handful of drivers from our team that are going to be attempting to go for Pro this time around. I think it's going to be probably the hardest round to make it ever because there's no there's no mulligans this time. It's one race and that's it. So you can't go out there and crash out of your first three races like you used to be able to, then get good points in the fourth race. So that's it's going to separate the guys who are a little bit smarter about their driving, who are a little more apt to be finishing races rather than the ones that are going to go out there and go drive all out, push their cars beyond where they're supposed to be and crash. So like try to win a like one. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be the same way for road and oval. So uh it's uh, it's gonna weed out some drivers and some people are gonna be upset but overall uh I think it's gonna really reward those the smarter drivers rather and I guess the lucky ones too to some extent. I've been trying to promote this to get some lower I rating people to go ahead and run it anyway. You know, even though we don't, you're never going to get enough points to be in the top 40, but still, let's run it. You know, like it is the NASCAR I racing series. It's a great off season series to run. So, uh, I've been promoting it, trying to get people uh, interested in it, and hopefully, we're going to, you know, have several splits because there's going to be hundreds of drivers showing up. So we'll see. Oh yeah, especially where it's going to be. It only interferes with NIS for I believe three weeks, and uh, right. It's a, even then, it's the same. But it's track. a Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't really conflict. It's a good warm-up race for the Tuesday for the Wednesday night NIS race, even yeah. if, any, if nothing else. So what do you think, PJ, about the Sonoma being on that short schedule list? Uh, some people are saying, hey, it should all be ovals. Yeah, but at the same time, it's no longer called the Oval Pro Series. It's called uh, NASCAR Pigani Free Series. True. So NASCAR, I mean, Xfinity, look at them. They race three road courses a year. It's in the trucks now. Two races in Sprint Cup. So, I mean, one out of nine races, I, I, I think it's a pretty good balance. Um, I mean, it, it's. I wish there weren't any drops whatsoever, per, personally. But, I mean, it's... Yes, it's good to have one just for those weeks. Emergencies come up, computer crashes, or all the number of other things that can go on in the sim racing environment. So, uh, I'd like I like to see it. Sonoma is a is a driver's track, and you see the guys that can really drive are the ones who are going to be winning there. Yep. Uh, So obviously, there's a road to pro uh, on the road side. Uh, that there, uh, we haven't talked too much about it, but I want people to be aware that there's obviously a, a uh, road to pro on the road side, but also the blank pain one, as, as uh, PJ mentioned earlier. Yep, and uh, road, of course, is also one race a week on the Formula One cars, same time as Road DWC, which is 10 o'clock in the morning, or come then it'll be 9 o'clock in the morning, Eastern time. And, uh, the blank pain series we're a little bit lucky uh for better or worse we're gonna have still have three races a weekend as far as i know right now so a couple mulligans there and uh unfortunately nx is gonna have to run that one this time around because we have to requalify all three teams because of uh driver changes in the lineup so uh, i see busy with that this come season four for sure now, do all these current peak guys still have to run that to retain their license, or how's that work? 
Uh, what it is is the top 30 from Peak Interview Series will get to keep their licenses for uh, next year, and the bottom 20 will fall out, and they will have to run the Road to Pro Series over again uh, with regular A-class drivers. So um, they're going to have to fight for their way back in. Uh, so that's going to even add to the competitiveness of that first couple of splits there come season four. So uh, it's going sure to have season guys in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at some of the guys that are fighting for the bubble, uh, a lot of them are, even still, you, you say, hey, you finished 30th in peak entry series, but there's guys that can go out there and win your regular NIS top split, so it's going to be it's going to be competitive for sure. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm going to be running it, even though I won't be in those upper splits, but uh, it'll be fun. Uh, let's keep moving. The, I have an update on the... Uh, forum post called red q bar and it's for the people that have that problem where they get the red q bar and then get disconnected there's a a lot of people in that boat um there's been a change uh steve meyer from iRacing uh put up a post and basically said they've moved the carb cup races to a different server that's located outside of their primary data center and it, it's a troubleshooting move. And what he wants you to do, if you have the red Q-bar problem, he wants you to run those carb cup races, a bunch of them, and see if you have the problem. See if you get disconnected. And then report back. Um, and then that's how they're, they're really taking the next step on trying to fix this is they're trying to narrow it down. Is it our data center? Is it our server? Is it our software? What is it? So this is a great idea to take that server and physically put it somewhere else and see what happens. So help them out, guys. Yeah, and also remember, you know, fill out those feedback forms after your race, every race. Just fill them out. It's what's it take you? Ten seconds to fill that out? Four clicks? Oh, I'm Send sure a lot of people are put. I'm always putting low connection problems because I continually have problems, but. A lot of people are probably voting low on that, would be my guess. I've always had high ones because I don't have the connection issues, but either way, just to get it out there for anybody listening, make sure you're filling those out. Any feedback helps us. Yep. All right, Kyle, let's jump into hardware before we finish up. Uh, talk about the Fanatec again. We talked about it last week. Yeah, the CSL is what it's called, and David Tucker from iRacing actually has one. Uh, yep. He has an early beta version of it. And uh, he said it, and his comments are, it's a nice, almost entry-level wheel and complements their CSW V2 perfectly. It has 6 nanometers of torque, which is greater, which is great for a $300 wheel. In practice, it feels a lot like the CSW V2. The only thing that really stands out is different is the case is plastic. So okay, that's the so wheel guru himself. And uh, sounds like, like he said, the only difference that he saw was the, the case, which is kind of what uh, Lance was telling us last week. Yeah, so we talked about last week, whether we were wondering if it was going to be that was the change between the price for plastic to metal or not. So I guess he confirmed it. Yeah, it sounds like the horsepower, or so to speak, is similar. Uh, he doesn't say, he said it feels a lot like this, the V2, so. That's interesting. I'm definitely going to be looking into it. Like I said last week, I was planning on going Fanatec next year when I do my wheel upgrade, and I might look into that rather than spending 600 on that other one. All right, final topic tonight, digital race engineer. If you search those three words in the forums, you'll find the post where you can get a free uh, voice attack plugin uh, that I am going to recommend. I'm going to give my final update. This will be the last time we talk about it on this podcast for now uh, because I'm happy with it. Um, I'm not going to go to the paid version, I've decided. Um, I like what it does with the free version and I don't just don't see the need to go to the paid one so uh, you might feel differently I would say try it out if you're running voice attack um, 
with this free plugin, there is some tweaking uh, to make the profile similar to what I had to do before. So I went in, made a few changes, um, and it's way better than what I had previously. So previously, I had my own profile. It did certain things for me, and I was happy with it. So now with this plugin, it does all those same things that I had before, plus way much more. Okay. Um, it has more functionality. There's a proactive verbal messages. Like when there's a lead change, it tells me who the new leader is. When the guy in front of me or behind me pits, it lets me know that proactively. It does. If I change position, it tells me what my new position is. Um, it does this, all this cool stuff like that. Um, the other neat thing it does is the ability to type text chats into the sim via your voice and i and that alone i think is worth the, the price of admission here to to try this uh if you if you always wanted to try to type at the top of the screen like some of these guys do quickly while you're driving now you can do it verbally you just literally tell it what you wanted to type and it types it uh if I was looking at this again for the first time today and starting over, I'd probably go pro off the bat and then tweak it and go ahead and get the paid version. But because I've made changes, I don't want to have to download the pro version and go back and try to figure out all the changes I made. So I'm just going to leave it as is. I'm happy with it. So uh, the hardest part of using it is you're going to have to use the default key mapping assignments in iRacing. So if you've changed your key assignments, you would have to change them back. Um, the other thing is I'm looking for a way to map the audio output of the voice attack to a non-default audio device, my headphones. I currently have speakers as the default, and so when the voice attack comes out of those, I can't hear it very well. And so to get them to come to the headphones, you have to set the headphones as the default audio device. This is kind of a pain because uh, I have to do it every time I go racing, uh, change the audio default. Uh, trying to find a workaround to that. I haven't found it yet, but um, I'm okay with the workaround I have, I guess, and until I figure it out. So check it out. Digital Race Engineer. It's like having a, a better spotter almost. All right. And um, let's jump into final thoughts and wrap it up. Uh, I'll start with PJ Sturgios. Thank you so much for coming on. I hope that good luck from our podcast rubs off uh, for you in Darlington. And uh, and that's why we wanted you to come on. And then maybe later in the season, we'll have you back and you can tell us about it. But uh, yeah, thanks so much. What are your final thoughts? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's been fun. Uh, yeah, it's definitely looking forward to fighting this end of the season out with Ray. Uh, and it's going to be uh, a lot of fun, even no matter the result. I mean, it's cool just to even say I've had the chance to race for a championship in this level, um, given that my, my sim racing career, gosh, back in 2009 when I first started the iRacing, I, I just was happy just to be competitive in the top split. So uh, come a long way, and it's going to it's gonna be a tough battle, but uh, it's good. Been having a lot of fun this year with that, and uh, especially with the uh, Blank Pain GT series, which we're also going for the championship with. So, hopefully, we can at least pick up one of them. Um, and yeah, definitely looking forward to it. All right. Well, much good luck to you, uh, Carlos. Final thoughts. Uh, what's what's the next race we're doing? Oh, the Richmond. Yeah, looking forward to it. Kind of depending on how the setup plays out. And. Uh, Really looking forward to the new content with this new build that gets released tomorrow. All right, Kyle Fleischman, final thoughts. I'm looking forward to going to Richmond. I usually run pretty well there, so... Um, again, I want to thank PJ for coming on with us tonight, and um, good luck to you next week. Like we said earlier, Ray came on right uh, Monday night before the Michigan race and ended up winning it, so... Hopefully you can turn the stakes on him this week. And that's not the first time that's happened either, folks. We've, we've had a Logan Clampett came on and won something right after he came on once. And there was another guy, too, and I can't remember the name. Dave Smith, what are your final thoughts? Well, like everybody else said, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to going to Richmond in the NIS 
series and uh, hopefully I can uh, continue to uh, stretch out my points lead so uh, I have points in the bag if, if something happens I, I got got points in the bag I, I don't like uh, the idea of falling on a, uh, a drop week I, I like to run every week for points and try to make my best effort but uh, uh, looking I'm more so looking forward to what the new dynamic track changes are going to do for for the racing. I, I'm really looking to see if those changes offer a, a better high line racing. And the way that Richmond has gone here as of late, that uh, that middle groove at Richmond and the real NASCAR races have been used more and more extensively over the past two or three years than it used to so i want to know if uh that's going to translate over at all with this new dynamic track build or not yep yeah good luck on the championship uh hunt there for you uh i'm also look my final thoughts i'm looking forward to the the build as well and uh oh my god another full length race this week another one are you kidding me yes oh my god as everyone knows i'm not a fan of there's just way too many of these full length races in the nis series it's crazy we need to get these back to special events folks this is too much uh and my other final thought is hey we want to hear from our listeners um, and we have been hearing from some of our listeners, uh, so keep the feedback coming. Uh, you know, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, you name it. So hit us up, tell us what you want us to talk about, or if you want to be a guest, you can always, uh, ask that too. So with that, see ya. Take care. See ya. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track.